is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, my host, Nick, and Dan. And gentlemen, we just got done doing kind of the the season review. Talked about a couple ups, a lot of downs, uh, kind of gave a bunch of ratings. So if you haven't, go back and listen to that. This is going to be the player awards, the season rewards, the team awards, things that happened that were great. We want to give some recognition, uh, some things we're like, hey, that wasn't so great. We should probably call that out. So you're probably used to this by now. Um, as always, we get you. We want to get you involved. Discord, uh, five-star reviews on social, a lot of different ways you can get involved. So we want to do that. Uh, but Dan, any... Let's say any ways you want to protect yourself from the grading system you've implemented in this as Nick and I navigate you your traps. There you go. <laughs> well, I'm just disappointed. And maybe this is because you haven't gotten to the succession finale yet. But I said this is uh, not your typical award show because there's no debates over Jeremy Strong or Kieran Culkin for the best Emmy in a dramatic series. So these are just moments we're going to give you examples if we've used the category in previous years so you see maybe what are how we view it or how we've graded it in the past and then there are a few new ones that we've added in for this year but uh, look some of them are awards you'd like to win some of them are awards that you don't want to be the winner of so we'll just run through those and you know try to use those as an additional way to shape and commemorate or uh, put this one to bed in terms of a season. Again, some players, some moments deserve some recognition. So we'll we'll get into it as well as you've noted. Um, awards, player of the season. We'll start strong, right? Um, honestly, I went with the fans. I know it says player. It was a tough season. It was a really tough season to digest. To me, the fans stuck through that every single day. Nick, I saw you put that as well. Uh, I said if I had to pick a player, I'd go with Chilwell. But to me, the fans jumped to the front of my mind when I thought about this season. Yeah, I I don't think in a season like this with as many downs as there were that you can award one single player the award. I mean, Tiago Silva won the club's award, must be said. And, of course, it's hard to argue about anything uh, going Tiago Silva's direction because he's a, a wonderful player and a wonderful leader of the team. But even he had a down season by his standards. And so, yeah, I think for everyone who showed up, for everyone who showed up for us in the 210-plus podcasts that we've put out in this chaotic, crazy-ass season, uh, you guys are the real MVP. Dan, you put, you put face to name Enzo. He's only there half a season. I know, but he definitely brought a different bit of confidence to the midfield. I think the way he transitioned from playing with Benfica to effectively finding a way to be a similar contributor in this Chelsea side and also win a, win the league title with Benfica as well because he played enough minutes to be... <laughs> the only person who uh, won something in their squad this season. Um, yeah, I think there's probably a case for Thiago Silva, but uh, to me, it was Enzo. All right. Well, uh, again, I think it was a bit tough. Thiago won it. Again, who's going to argue with that? The fans just jumped to my mind. Young player of the season, U23. Um, I hate to say it. In the last few seasons, Dan, we've had options. 
didn't have options this season. It, it was by default and thankfully on merit. Lewis Hall. I, I mean, you you could have given it. It wasn't the only option. I mean, it was close to being the only option. It wasn't the only option. I mean, yeah, we we had some young players in there. But to me, Nick, like, I always think of, like, academy or just out of the academy type player for this award. So maybe that's me putting limitations on it. But he was the only one that I felt like really broke through. You could talk about Carnes, had a bit of a tough season. We had some other teenagers that came in. It's it's him. I mean, let's just call it a call it a, a day. I mean, I think Trevo's not U twenty three anymore, right? And so you just it's Lewis Hall. Um, this kid was a part of preseason for a little bit. Uh, we know he played a little bit last year. I think in those like cup matches in our sixty four or five game season that just spelled uh, injured players. But this year he took on more of a leading role, right? And I think especially over the last nine or ten games where um, you know Chilwell out for the season, Kukurea out for the season, he's had to stay healthy. He's had to play well, and he's done both of those things. He should have had a number of assists. Uh, over the course of the last five games in particular, where he put service on a plate for a player to just put the ball in the back of the fucking net, and they didn't. So just on all of that alone, Lewis Hall, excellent, excellent season. I think the the overall projection for what he could be, Dan, is has risen significantly, especially considering that he's not playing in a position that he normally plays in with like the – uh, the under 23 team or whatever um, with, with the Academy. So re- really pleased about that. And, and I think one of the few bright spots in this entire season. Yeah. Ultimately someone who I think Pochettino will hopefully be looking at as a rotational player within the side next season. Yeah. Not every next step for someone, even at Lewis Hall's age has to be alone. This is very much proven that he can hack it at a Premier League level and there might be valuable minutes to him if he stays around and can help us be ready to compete across the three fronts that we will be in next season in terms of total opportunities. One can hope, but uh, we, we do a most improved, which I think is is good here. Um, I So I, I thankfully... It, it's you hard. That's a yeah, hard one because it, it not many improved. Because, Dan, you left in last season's as well, which is a great reference point. We had Kovacic, Trevo. This season, it's like, wow, where do we go with this? When, like, you would say almost every single player regressed, minus the one who told the world how much better of a season he's having. (laughs) Uh, I went with Connor, and I feel like we're bending the rules, Nick, but I, I don't care. And I'd say Connor only because he established himself at the top Premier League level at a big club, pressure, different things like that, got the early red card and went on to have a fantastic season. I just think what he accomplished in one abysmal season, his stock is soared. No doubt. Uh, so the reason I put Connor here instead of Lewis is is just the sample size is bigger, right? And I, and I think the other reason I put him here is that he played a significant role in the Champions League, um, especially in the late stage Champions League that we were in and has scored a couple of crucial goals along the way too in in a team that never scores goals so you know all that combined i think he won goal of the season right from the fans uh for a strike against crystal palace uh 
yeah, I think his hustle and determination and, you know, kind of being there for, for his teammates and doing some of the hard pressing, he made it for me. Um, and it was, it was tight with Dan's pick, but I think he, he just edges out Dan's pick. Yeah. I went with Lewis Hall again, but only because, so, I mean, you think about last season, you know, 2021, 2022, he had the one appearance in the FA cup. And then you fast forward to this year, we had a league cup, an FA cup, and then nine matches played eight starts for Lewis Hall in a tumultuous season. Like that to me just, indicates the improvement level of where he was and where he got to. And interestingly enough, has the same exact goals assist um, in the last two seasons for the PL2, uh, four goals and three assists. Wasn't able to get (laughs) necessarily um, the actual assist on any of the opportunities he created, but boy, oh boy, he was putting in some really tasty crosses and passes in the latter half there. So I think just on progression of his career, I would say that's kind of the most improved where he's, jumped up the list in terms of like, wow, we could see someone like Ruben off the cheek leaving. And we kind of think we'd be okay with Lewis Hall being there. I mean, it'd be a big jump to go from left back uh, a little bit of a simpler role to midfield, but he's, he's not going to do it. Remember he got Charlie Webster in the Academy running around pulling strings in there too. So we'll have to see comeback player of the year is next though. Wild. Last year, I had Keppa, Dan had Kai Havertz, and Nick had Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Where do we go this year? Like, I, I genuinely am blanking. I know you guys had Chilwell, and I had to be careful not to put Chilwell. You know, like, you get in these rhythms where you end up, like, putting the same person two, three, four times just because they, they were the good one. Like, where do we start to sparse? And like, to me, Dan, the only thing he's coming back from is our injuries. Other than that, like he's at a high level when he's healthy. He came back from a significant injury and very long stretch of time off, very sustained stretch. I mean, this could have been in Golo Conte's if he came back and played the majority of the last part of the season, helped us push forward in any of the competitions that we were in. Um, Chilwell looked good though, when he was getting an opportunity, obviously, there was a risk of a concern for a little re-injury and they shut him down rightfully so because there wasn't anything left to play for. And so I think we will be the biggest beneficiaries of Ben being back to where he needs to be next season, Nick, in terms of just him being there with Lewis, with Natson. Like there's a lot of great competition from a left back uh, and like the left side of that defense now. Yeah, and you remember that Kukurea was bought because he was hurt, and the difference between the performances from Ben Chilwell and the performances from Kukurea were night and day. And, you know, he scored a couple of goals. He made a few assists. He uh, was was by far the best option that we had there. And I think this is more, Brandon, for me, noticeable when absent, like kind of kind of award. Um and yeah, I mean the fact that he came back from the ACL is 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 telling. Right. That's the only thing limiting his career is his injuries. Uh, he yep. is class. He is a hard worker. He's so good. Um and we always laugh when Marcus Alonso left. We're like, who's going to score goals from left back? <laughs> Chilwell, no problem. He's got that. Uh, we're going to take our first ad break. When we get back, uh, best transfer business. No pressure here, but we're going to say who was the best business done last season. Thank you to the sponsors, and we'll bear it back. Take on the sun with gear built to last. 
Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. And if you're anything like me, you break sunglasses a lot, so this is helpful. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence. They have your back long after you make your purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Shady Rays Memorial Day Sale is live right now. Go to ShadyRays.com and get 35% off all sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. That's right. Go to ShadyRays.com. Well, gentlemen, uh, this year, you got options. There's no doubt about that. You got a ton of options. Two of us went with incomings. One of us went with an outgoing. And Dan, personal vendetta settled. Jorginho's gone. Not personal vendetta settled. I was definitely trying to champion him for the Ballon d'Or when he was up for the you know, up for it. Like, look, again, if you're a Chelsea player any way, shape, or form, I'm gonna root for you to have the best individual success possible. But anytime we can sell off a player in the last six months of a contract, make a you know, positive book profit then on the, the, on the player. And then also that player seemingly is not fully culpable, but a part of the downfall of Arsenal season. I don't know. Make that maze that one just a touch sweeter. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I took it personally. So yes, <laughs> I'm good. I'm happy with it. It was either going to be the best outgoing or the worst outgoing if he's going to turn oh, yeah. and win the Premier League. That would have been him. Tough. Him lifting a Premier League medal and an Arsenal shirt would have been pretty awful. There would have been a majority of, not a majority, there would have been a group of Chelsea, former Chelsea supporters who support Jorginho, who would have been very happy with that. And that would the have J5 been... J5 Hive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they can have their corner Twitter. I promise I will not go over there. I put Wes Fofana. I tell you what, I've seen a lot of ex- things to be excited about uh, when it comes to Wesley Fofana. I wasn't 100% sure. Ollie Glanville assured me all summer over and over and over. He is the real deal. He's 22 years old. His poise on the ball, his ability to, uh, you know, to, to play, to create from the back is phenomenal. Uh, I love that he's got a bunch of swagger. And I know you didn't go with him, Nick, but Fofana and Reese James on that right side, dude, that's fun. It's a lot of fun having those two. So I think that's also part of why I went that way. But no one's complaining about Batty Shield. No, I, I think when I look at both of those, and I, I think, you know, for me, it was kind of between Batty Shield and, and Matueke, who I'm I'm really high on, and I've had a lot of fun watching in the second half of the season. 
I think Batty Shield has class written all over him. And if Tiago Silva is willing and or able to sprinkle whatever magic dust he has onto Batty Shield, we got ourselves just a tremendous, tremendous player. Obviously hurt, may take a little bit of, of time to get back into the team uh, for, for next season. We got to sort out the medical department, soft tissue injury thing, obviously. But when he's played this year, he's looked good. We missed him for the Champions League because we weren't able to register him because we registered too many people. That's a colossal error by the front office and all that stuff, right? But I think he just he he has it on him. The fact that he scored against Bournemouth at the end of the year shows you got a little bit of um, set piece presence as well. Um, but I, I really have enjoyed watching him, and I think um, very interested to see how he and maybe Levi Colwell work together in coming seasons because you got you know him, Wes, Colwell, a bunch of young studs at center back that are are a lot of fun. I think the only like downside as I was looking across that back line is we don't have any like left footed center backs. Obviously, when Cucurella drops in, but we got a bunch of righties. Could be the only little thing to balance right now, but not our problem at this moment. And uh, yeah, Levi Cole in there too. You could play a back three for another six, seven seasons <laughs> together. Like, I'd be quite all right with that. Next, we have worst transfer business. And I, I'm gonna be honest, I'm I I botched this one. I put Ab Abamiang, but once I saw what you guys put. I actually don't think that was bad business. I think at the time it was good business. We needed a striker. What yeah. happened ended up being disastrous. So I'm going to I'm going to nix that. I think Aubameyang at the moment was a good and I just I just botched it. Nick, you put Ziyech. I completely <laughs> yeah. forgot about that. Not getting Ziyech's paperwork done in time in, in January is absolutely shambolic. The I butterfly mean. effect nobody wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're back in the cocoon, unfortunately. It reversed itself. But uh but yeah, that is just not uh that's not it. That's not how you do business. And obviously everyone knows you know, what happened there. But I think that was an opportunity, Dan, to get a player out that wanted out and that you didn't get it done, and then he's just around for the rest of the year. And that that sucks. I like how we actually really nailed I think, you know, a couple of really interesting ones last year with Brandon calling out the Saul loan. I, I said the Tammy Abraham sale, <laughs> which yep. also came back, continues yep. to haunt. Um, I, the, the Kukurea one and the knock on impact of getting to watch Levi Colwell boss it up under Deserbe and Kukurea, who did have a few really strong performances in very specific settings, but in general, looks to be below the level and an above market price transfer in the opportunity cost of making sure that like Levi was here working with the team, getting advanced in his career at Chelsea. That is, that is the unfortunate part of all of us because like all of this. So like, I think that is a, because now you're stuck with how do you move on him? Like, cause you have Chilwell you have Ian Matson, who had a brilliant loan. You have Levi Cole coming back. You have Lewis Hall who can deputize in that position. And so I think on like the stack ranking side, Kukureo is so far down that list at the moment. Yet he's the first one that you would say, like, hey, we'd like to. Is there a buyer out there? Because the market is small. 
they maybe maybe convince a, a team in Spain to to take them on, but like the wages are going to be difficult. Like it's that is a hard situation to get yourself out of. Ask City the if they're still interested. Backs. <laughs> That's what that is. Hit up City, see if they're still interested. Just be like, look. Hey, you've seen some tape. Are you really excited about this now? Hey, man, Pep, Pep does his own thing. Like, he, he's he's got his own tape, his own, you know, three, vision two, in his two, mind. Three. <laughs> what, yeah, whatever works uh, on that one. Um. Anyways, I botched that one because failed to launch, aka a transfer player, regardless of value, who never got going. And, and I almost think, like, this is Aubameyang. But again, it's not his fault. Um, we didn't play to his strengths. He didn't play. He got dropped from the Champions League roster. We didn't let him go. Like every single thing that we could have done to like hamper his ability to score goals, we did. We sure did. Um, I know Dan, you had a bombing as well. Anything that you want to elaborate for on him? I mean, just that if he if he had scored in the you know scored more than the one goal in the 554 minutes that he played, that we would be having a very different conversation about wow, we're so excited that Aubameyang was able to kick on and get it going. I mean, but he he didn't he didn't use the minutes he got well. And again, I'm. It was a terrible season for a lot of people, but I think also as a striker, your your career is you know unfortunately judged on goals, and so he had 554 minutes and he had one goal, so that is not good enough. And so I think that is regardless of a, a like that is enough minutes to say it didn't work. So I think that is a failure to launch textbook definition. Nick on the pivot here. Yeah, I went with a little bit. Of, this this could be harsh, right? Because I think this is a young player that I've I've exercised caution on. But I think just the definition of this award is Mudrik, right? And again, regardless of transfer value, a guy who I think had a lot of hype, um, you know, one Champions League tape worth of hype that we all got really excited about. Sur- you know, uh, usurped Arsenal for a signing, a great you know thing to do, and is not anywhere close to the finished article. I tweeted during the Newcastle game that Matoweke is a far more complete winger at this point in time in, in his career than, than Mudrik is, and I, I'm going to need to see a lot of, of growth um, personally and professionally from this kid um, as, as he moves ahead. Been some silly social media faux pas that have happened this year. Um, and you can post all the lifting videos you want. Um, but you know, we need to see it on the pitch and we need to see it in, in a way that is going to be helpful to the team's success. And so this is a TBD for me. Uh, but I don't think his first, let's call it 19 matches, 17 matches, whatever it was, uh, was necessarily a flying success by any means. All right. Next one we have is armband or a future captain. I mean, it's the it's it's marred. Like we can't. We all want to say Mason Mount, but with the situation we're in right now, we can't. Nick and I went with Reese James, but Dan, you pivoted to Enzo, which I found interesting. Yeah. So I think this comes down to me. I would like us to have a captain who will be the the not just a club captain like we've had with Aspoqueta or you know. Cahill previously, or like Terry, where they spend, they are leaders off the pitch and they are getting more cameo minutes. And so 
I think my challenge with Reese is he has just been unfortunately like a halftime player in terms of total appearances and minutes allowed. And like, that is a really crappy thing because I, I would love for him to be a full-time player. And hopefully with the season we have ahead that, that, that transpires, I'd love it to be Mason. If he were to stay, I'm just not banking on that happening right now. If he does stay, I think it should be him. If not, then I go through the list. Like Tiago Silva is likely going to be gone at the end of the season. Um, may decide at some point he just wants to go back to Brazil. Um, like that is something that's been rumored as well. So I'm just looking at like who is here a long period of time who is going to be playing almost every match if given the opportunity. Uh, and that brought me back, brought me to Enzo. Like I, I just think I, I want it to be someone who's central to the operation and is going to be here a long time and is going to build up a chemistry with the team. And so uh, he's also won a world cup. So he knows what it's like to be on a, a super winning team, international uh, champion. That's what I got. Uh, obviously I think the language, anything could be an issue. He just got there, but if he earns the respect of his teammates, we could see, but Nick, again, we want Reese James. Like it's going to be really hard he walks in that room, I feel like everyone's going to listen to him. He commands everybody right now, knows Chelsea, but does he want to do the PR stuff, I think is the big question. So it's been my question for the entire time this debate's been going on. That's why I think Mason's the, the clear choice. If he stays, obviously that situation is different. I, I just don't, I, I think now is the perfect time for a reset on captain, assuming that as he does indeed leave at the end of the season and if you have that choice between Mason and Reese, it's a good choice to have, um, you know, to the best man, uh, get the spoils. That's kind of where I'm going. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, he has grown a lot. He's willing to do interviews a few seasons ago, not so much. So we'll see. I think he can grow into it if he wants it, but we're going to take our last side break. When we get back some deep cuts, some interesting awards, more to come. Thank you to the sponsors. We'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite shows because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of the US Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you with 5,000 plus servers. No show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. You can receive a huge discount on a two year plan with one month free. We all love the binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk to you with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened check it out my link nordvpn.com forward slash london is blue to get your subscription started today all right the 1953 8-1 tribute when chelsea <laughs> lost to wolves what in the world are we doing i said Dan, deep cuts no on. one was ready for that i went i went back into the the archives there did a little uh glanvilling and found myself as the what was the worst loss of the season uh 1953 8-1 tribute uh when chelsea lost the wolves um this was the hey this is a very bad loss um and then might have some narrative around it as well i went with the brighton Ford chelsea one 
Potter's first match back at the MX, two own goals from our players to help make it happen. And just absolutely getting clowned by a team who had taken us, unfortunately, at that point to the cleaners too. So we had been embarrassed off the pitch, <laughs> embarrassed on the pitch, and it wasn't great, Nick. No, I went with the uh, 3-1 defeat at Arsenal. The first half in particular, utterly shambolic, listless, passionless, uh, just disgusting, um, terrible loss. So uh, everyone knows my um, hatred towards that team in North London, and that was not helpful for me. No, I mean, my... I look, there's a lot. I'd said the three nothing to Leeds at the beginning of the season. I mean, that was definitely the beginning of the end. The Mendy uh, getting run down by um, Aronson. Aronson. It was just, it, it, every, it was bad, right? And so, anyways, it's just, I think the Brighton one really wins it, but I was trying to give a little bit of variety and uh, see. But instead of the 8 1 tribute, we also have an 8 no, 8 nothing tribute. You could put Villa in there. You could put Wigan. The Ancelotti days were fun, weren't they? So, <laughs> hey really like worked. 8-0. Uh, I put the Dortmund match, um, which I think was extra special because we were there. Uh, well, Dan and I were there. Nick was watching <laughs> respectfully from a distance. I was in, in the stadium <laughs> at the captain's bar to not jinx us. That is and you did the a, sort of The level of commitment Great he's job. had, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible. You, you guys went with the Milan 3 nothing. Um, Nick, you talk about the fluidity, easy on the eye. I don't even think we were really, it was hard to believe at that point that we were able to do stuff like that. Yeah, it was, it was great football. I mean, that, that first little, you know, pre-injury period that Potter had <laughs> was, uh, was fun. And it, you know, Dan, obviously you put that, it kind of set us up to, to advance in the Champions League, which was incredibly helpful, but you know, that Milan team went to the Champions League semifinal, right? Yep. And and we cleaned their clock in two games. So, yes, we did. It was good. I agree. Great, great choice, Nick. All right. Vibes FC to keep the good feelings going. Uh, the best match of the season. Um, I mean, look, we're just flipping these gentlemen because <laughs> then I went Milan and you guys went Dortmund. So I'll let you speak to uh, Dan. What's the difference between these awards? <laughs> Help us out. All right. So, the best win, the Heyo like Edo, is that it's just the best football, right? It's best football combined with a win. I actually don't think the football was as great in the Dortmund game, but the vibes, like that match, awesome. Like, I think partially colored by the fact that we were there. Like, incredible match to be at. Champions League night at home. Last time we're going to win a Champions League game at home for uh, a little bit of time now. So I think there's just a... Uh, that one is going to go in the memory banks there and be a very positive moment. One of the very few from this season. That I mean, yes, that makes sense. I, I would actually agree with it and probably flip mine in that in that same um, same idea. But you know, a little stacking, a little stacking a bit. Mea culpa, someone who maybe we should apologize to. We cut short. Look, Nick and I, absolutely nobody. Like you, tell me who we should have mea culpa because I don't really know. Dan, credit where credit's due. You throw Tammy in there, and I'm in on this. Yeah, anyone who previously had a double-digit goal contribution for this side, this players like Lukaku or Timo Werner, apologies. Apologies, because we could have used any of your support this season. Yeah, leading goal scorer in the Premier League, uh, Kai, with, what, seven? So, and that's only because we didn't get enough penalties for Jorginho. So... 
Um, what about a player we need to see more of? The jury's still out. I mean, I look, I just painted with a broad brush and said, if you play attack for Chelsea, welcome to this club. Dan, you said <laughs> Mudrick, which I think Nick kind of alluded to earlier with his award. Yeah, I mean, just that the there's a need for coaching. There's a need for a maturation of his play in the Premier League and scaling up to this level. There's flashes, things that are there to be excited about, but I think to there, there's just more. There's more there, and we need to get an opportunity to like see how legit he is at this level. Yeah, I, I went with Wes actually, and I know that's gonna you know fly in the face of Brandon's uh, picks from earlier, but. Uh, there, there's there's some stuff that concern me about his performances this year. Um, you know, I think him trying to like dribble out of trouble, making bad passes under pressure, stuff like that, that I think he needs to mature in. He's obviously a young player um, that, you know, has all the physical tools to be excellent, especially if he's paired next to a incredibly solid right back in either Reese James or potentially like Malagusto. But I, I think there's some stuff in there for the price tag that I worry about with him that I don't worry about as much with Batty Shield or, you know, anything like that. So I, I think that's one I just, I want to see him improve and progress next year. Interesting because I thought about that, Nick, but I saved it. I said that want to see more, very excited by what we've seen so far. And I did go West and I, I had him in that one. I tried to move him out and put him in this bucket. I think cause a lot of the same stuff. Right. And obviously I sang his praises earlier, um, Nick interested on the Matawake one though for you. Yeah, I I think this cat has been electric. I think there are times where he makes things more complicated for himself, especially in the box where he tries to take on three or four players. We're not used to our attackers taking on players so much, so that was a refreshing change that we got in in the middle of the season. But I really want to see him kick on because I think he's dynamic. He is interesting. He seems to enjoy being out there, uh, which is a, you know, a breath of fresh air again. And uh, I think if he adds some goals to his game next year, we got ourselves a real player there. Yeah, and I went with uh, Betty Shield. Great performances so far. Definitely want to see him get more opportunity. Obviously, he had a little bit of a muscular issue near the end of the yep. season that you know closed up his shop early. But I think there's a lot of really, really exciting stuff from him next season. Uh, with the next one, we have his master of the dark arts and like, we've just punted. And part of that is because of the reasons we had a bad season. We had no master of the dark arts. We had no shit housery. We had no, you know, the recent moments, like Havertz a little bit, like you put Dan, but nah, let's frame this though. This is the Antonio Rudiger legacy award, right? Like this is the guy that we lost. Antonio Rudiger. (laughs) For for achievement in shithousery on a Premier League pitch. We we never replaced him, right? No. Uh, Pep Guardiola. We cannot replace it. We just didn't. Uh, and this team was too nice. They got ran over. And I just, I flat out said nobody. Like, there was not one person in there. I, I, I left that blank in so many scripts this season, Dan. I just couldn't. I think that's absolutely fair. I, yeah, I think it was more Kai occasionally had the flashes because he's capable and of doing it. But... It was petulant though, too. Yeah. It wasn't even like effective. That the dark arts has to have. I'm a looking forward. End I'm result. looking forward to there being a contender for this award next season. Yeah, there wasn't one this year. Hundred uh, percent. Goal of the season again, kind of setting us up for failure a little bit here. 
I'm I'm going totally hipster on this one. I said the Broja Broja goal against Wolves because it gave me hope. Like ah yeah, we got Broja. Unfortunate with that uh, um, friendly over the the change of the year, but like something was going for him. We had a young up and coming striker. I was like thinking Tammy Abraham again. But if you want something that actually gave me passion and excitement, I was like, I guess Koulibaly's against Spurs again because I, I got drained from excitement and dopamine through the rest <laughs> of the season. I had to go that far back. But it wasn't all that bad. Dan, yours was, was sweet and slick. I think the Felix goal versus West Ham, mainly for the Enzo assists, the ball over the top, the one-time touch, like that was the... Real peach. That's a real yeah. nice-looking goal. I mean, I think Gallagher's against Palace was good as a as a game winner, which was nice. This one was not. It was a uh, ended up getting equalized, and we drew that game. But I don't know. It was a fun goal. I like seeing it. Made me excited for what we can do. And Enzo has more attackers who are running into position. Great. Yeah, I went with Chowell at home. That run, that you know, kind of uh, beautiful little heel flick thing that he did that kind of got Fabianski out of out of sorts like it was beautiful and at that point it, it felt like it had saved uh Tuchel's job you know at, at at that point of the year and and uh that was a a massive massive result uh that the Chowell gave us and it was just kind of fun like I'd everyone was like going crazy in the pub and I didn't even realize how he had done it. Like it took me like two or three watches to understand how he even did it. So, uh, show well, you get it. Yeah. Uh, moment that made you laugh. Well, laugh, cry, tears were there. What they were about. I can't really be sure. I mean, I laughed at the Brighton four one result, uh, because of all of the overlapping, right? Like we actually made Brighton better by taking their, up-and-coming manager somehow and we took cucurella like we thought we were on it but like what <laughs> they mopped us and I, I just had to laugh at that so dan there was only one man for the job only one man who went <laughs> undefeated the entirety of his reign as chelsea manager bruno being the one person who <laughs> what's his the last season. name do you even remember Look, all he goes—he just goes by a Bruno. He just goes by Bruno. <laughs> Look at the Wikipedia imagery; it says uh, Bru- it goes by Bruno. Um, uh, yeah, that w- that was a wild one for me. That, that, that will be the uh, one of the pub trivia questions from this season. That I will absolutely remember. Every missed opportunity in front of goal. Your therapy. I mean, really, j- just brutal. You could put that the Benny Hill music over that, and uh, and absolutely uh, have a montage of hilarity. Just. Crap, crap, crap. Yeah, what was it? We had like an XG of 50, and we converted on the 36 of them. 37, sorry, of them. So Give us give us total credit, though. Come on. Uh, yeah. Shit house moment of the season. Honestly, I put the refereeing. Like, the PGML has to be having a laugh. Whatever that was. Shocking. They had a <laughs> shocking year. They shit housed uh, the league. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a throwback. The Tuchel handshake with Conte 100%. was absolutely incredible electric. callback. People still <laughs> talking about it. That was this season. That was this They're season. They're both gone. They were both gone before fucking March. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know if I could top that one. I'm gonna go with yours, Nick. I didn't. I couldn't think of one other than like the footballing. The football. Yeah. That was it. Oh, a um, bunch this of is better. Bullshit. Least favorite moment. I, I mean, I. I don't know, Dan, like 
yours, I liked yours. Just the the, yeah. la, the lads gave everything mixtape, like <laughs> the super cut. It, it was really we just need to find a different way to define the problem. And look, there are a lot of times in life where, like, if a leader or someone you work for is taking it on the chin for you, that is a really like you and your team. That's a really like awesome thing that they can do. But externally, as outward-facing communication to supporters of a football club about what's going on, particularly coming after Tuchel, who would very astutely walk you through what was and wasn't happening and be a little more open and transparent, I would say, that was that was rough. That was a that made every press conference. I, I, I felt like it was worthless for me. I feel like it was probably a little worthless for our friends who write about it professionally. Yeah. Not great. Uh, yeah, I, I went with the Mason contract standoff and his injuries. I just everyone knows how much I like and respect that that dude. And and it just has been really sad. I think more than anything, uh, it will make me incredibly mad if he doesn't uh, stick around uh, for a while. But yeah, I think that 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 just kind of was a capsule of, of the season for me, Brandon. I agree. Uh, and, and just to give variety, I said the post World Cup, just bunch of bollocks from there on and last but not least the most surprising moment i said i couldn't believe just how bad it ended up being i never could have predicted this um that was wild nick it was a failure of imagination brandon that's really what it was it's true we've been spoiled yours is hilarious Thank you. Uh, losing twice to 20th place Southampton, uh, relegated Southampton. We lost twice to him. I was there for one of them. Terrible, utterly terrible garbage. So I think the most surprising was still the sacking of Tuchel. It felt like it was the weirdest time to do it. Whether either was like you should have done it prior to the season and made a move or you should have gambled and rolled the dice that you could have figured out something and let him have a nice break off during the world cup. Like that still is just going to go down as one of the odd moments. Yes. We know the football was rough and yes, it was going to risk champions league as well, but like we're here in the future. We don't have champions league still like the experiment did not work out. I I think that's kind of the point that I would end on here with the awards is I think given everything that we know Monday morning quarterbacking it, you don't sack him this year. You, you, you wait till now. If you really are dead set on getting per, perhaps a Pochettino or another manager, you wait until the end of the season and you ride it out. I, I don't, you know, again, I don't think Tuchel was long for Chelsea regardless. I think his style was was not going to work with the new ownership. But I think knowing what we know now, we definitely want to finish in 12th place with him here. It, it would have been different. And it, it probably isn't European places. It might be eighth, something like that. But that's uh, that's kind of where I kind of netted out on that, Brandon. Yeah, all, all wild. Uh, multiverse, come back. Let us repeat this in a different way. Anyways, let us know what you thought of our awards. Again, Discord, best spot for that. Uh, our, you know, social media, you can get involved as well. But uh, that's it. A ton more content coming at you. Uh, Going to put a, a bow on this. Uh, put it away under the bed, never look at it again, and we'll look forward to life under Mauricio Pochettino uh, with all of our upcoming pods, summer tour transfers. A lot is going to be happening, so stay tuned. Appreciate you, Chelsea fans. You get a badge of honor for surviving this season. We all deserved <laughs> it and earned it, uh, so wear it with pride. But until next time, you know what to do. Keep the
Blue Flag, Flying High.